<laughs> Brutal. By the way, I meant to tell you that I've just tried my Alexa against a Google Home. Yeah. So let's like, we are going to talk a lot about Google Home and Alexa. So really sorry to every listener that like listened to that out loud because it might activate your device quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, don't they have protections against that now? They don't. They actually don't. Like yesterday, I was Skyping with Rally and Nipo, two of my friends. And they saw that I have a Google Home, so like they played for like 10 minutes, like saying like, okay, Google, okay, Google, okay, Google, and now it's not. Okay. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. Well, I don't... <laughs> it's in my headphones, so it ah. doesn't work. But, but the thing that I don't understand is now Google Home can actually recognize your voice. So when I'm speaking, he says like, okay, you're Vlad. And when Joe is speaking, he says, okay, you're Joe. But you can't stop guests to actually be able to do things. Well, maybe they're working on it. I don't know. Does Alexa also have like different uh, profiles for different people? Are they all on the same page for that? I'm not sure. Not sure. Like, I know that Siri doesn't care. Like, uh, what's the thing? HomePod. I, I know that HomePod doesn't have like different user. And Alexa, I never went to the trouble to actually like <laughs> try. try to set up that just because it wasn't connected to anything. So meaning like when I had the Alexa, it was just connecting to my Philip Hue and to my Spotify account. Mm -hmm. So like I could just listen to music and like set up the light, but it didn't like, it wasn't linked to my Google account. So Joe couldn't ask for my last like text message, couldn't ask for my email, but now that it's Google, like it's okay. directly connected to my mail and to my, uh, to my everything. So, so is that why you changed? Do you want, did you want more features? Not at all. It just so like this. <laughs> Why did you change? There's like a couple of reasons. Like the first one is I hate saying Alexa and you can't set that up. Like you can't change it. Like you can just say Alexa or Echo. And that was really messed up. And the thing is like we needed to change. And the main reason actually that I changed it is that Google Home is now bilingual. That's pretty nice. I didn't know it was bilingual. That's one thing, like, they put ages to make uh, the Android keyboard bilingual. I know. But, like, that, that what, I don't know. Like, I'm not using Google keyboard. I'm using uh, what everyone was using, like, five years ago. SwiftKey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because SwiftKey was bilingual yeah. at that time. But I think now, if I'm not mistaken, Google caught up a little. I'm still using SwiftKey. Okay. But... I mean, like, SwiftKey is fine. Yeah. Uh, and you I'm paid just, for like, it, so... What? And I paid for it, so I better get the most of it. Yeah, exactly. Me too. But the thing is, I'm not that sure about sending every key to a third party, which is not like Google, Facebook or Apple. Especially your bank account. Yeah, exactly. Like everything is like, obviously you write everything on your keyboard. So I'm not that sure about like sharing all my details to that. But don't worry. I think SwiftKey belongs to some big company. Didn't like Microsoft buy it or something? Yeah, Microsoft bought SwiftKey, so you can rest at ease. <laughs> okay, so it's fine. Yeah, subsidiary of Microsoft. Yeah, so okay, I'm fine with that now. Like, it's a bit insane how we trust big, big company, but we don't trust startup. Well, um, it makes a bit of sense because big companies have more money to invest in security. <laughs> and if they have problems, it's more visible. But some yeah. big company can fuck up big time. <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn is Microsoft now. 
well, I think, I don't know. Did they have a lot of security issues since they got bought? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let the, back to the topic. So you changed to, from, from Alexa to Google Home because of the bilingualism. Bilingualism. Yeah, ex exactly. Because like I didn't really care about like using English or French. But the thing that I cared about was being able to play tracks that have a French name or an English name. And with Alexa, like when you set it up in French, you could on, like it could only understand French tracks. Wait, you can play the tracks you want? Are you paying for the music? I'm paying for, for my music streaming account. Wow, I've never seen that. All the people I know in my family who have Google Home are forced to listen to the default stations. But like it's useless then. <laughs> Yes, pretty much, yes. Uh, no, but like the main reason of a Google Home is to play music, I think, right now. So if you don't have a music streaming account, then it's a bit useless. Okay, so maybe that's why I'm super puzzled about what it's, what the use is. <laughs> I do three things with it. Mm -hmm. um, shopping list, like everyone, I guess. Timer, a lot of timer. Uh, I love... For cooking? Because, like, we... What? For cooking? Yeah, we co yeah, yeah, we cook like we cook basically every day with Joe. So we set up a lot of timers, and what I like with Google and Alexa that Siri can't fucking do is set up different timers during the same time. So you can say set up a timer for the eggs for five minutes and set up a timer for the pasta for eight minutes. Um, so you can do that, and I use it for my Philips U light system. That I feel a bit useless, meaning like I love how when I go to bed, I can just say like goodbye Google and then every light turn off. But that's basically it. Like the thing with, oh, set up the light to 20% is a bit too much. It's a bit like you don't need to do, like you don't need that. Okay, so I think you taught me something. That's a good conclusion. So it's actually meant to be a music playing device as opposed to how it's used in my family, which is as a... Uh, a bogus uh, shopping list and every time I go to my mom I say like add tomatoes to my shopping list and uh, she has a lot of tomatoes on her shopping list. Today's episode is brought to you by self-reference. Do you have anything to write or produce and no inspiration whatsoever? Why not try self-reference? It is an endless source of countless ideas that will feel so close to home that you will not have any problem exploiting them. You might even learn something new in the process. Interest of the result is not guaranteed. Yeah, so the topic for this time is a bit meta. We were organizing all the ideas we had for the podcast and uh, trying to grade them to see which one we were going to keep and do. And it came to us, like, how should we grade them? Should it be a 10-point system or something else? A not a percentage, whatever. So to solve this issue, I propose we first, like, take a quick look at the kind of stuff that we use in daily life, I guess. What kind of stuff do you see around you as so... a rating user, as an avid rating user? The thing is, I am an avid rating user because I'm a researcher, full disclosure. So my work is to interview people, but also to oh. do questionnaire. And on questionnaire, you do ask people to grade a lot. But it's not real grading, meaning 
what you want when you do research is to do a grading system or a scaling system that is understood by the user and not really the best grading system ever. So like it's two completely different things. What I like to use is only standard, like standard deviation. So I think like standard deviation is working for 99% of the, of like any ranking system. So I know what the standard deviation is when you have like a, a series of value and the average and the deviation. Okay. Uh, but how do you get a rating out of that? So the thing is like, you don't like, it's not real standard deviation, meaning like to have a real standard deviation, you need to actually like have a distribution, meaning, you know, you need to have like 100 person and you need to actually, uh, like do the average and see like where they stand in the distribution. What I'm just saying is like having the same kind of idea. So it's not, it's not using a standard deviation per se, but is having the idea of having the average in mind and then grading against that average. So meaning for the podcast, for example, we, we rank every ID into an interesting, like interesting scale. So you have an ID at the beginning, you don't really have an idea of the average, like of the average of interest, like of interesting of your, uh, of all of your IDs. So when you use a normal rating, for example, a one, like zero to 10, you tend to like actually put, you tend to, at the beginning, be way higher than the average. So you say like the first ID seems kind of interesting. So you put a seven, the second ID seems a bit more interesting. So you feel, you feel obliged to put a one. And you to put a, well, like one more, one more, to put one okay. more, so eight. so eight. And then the third ID is a bit, like a bit less interesting. So you're like, okay, so now it's a five. And then you're going that way, like refining your scale, more time you go. Mm -hmm. So that's not good because then like, it's completely biased toward like the beginning and towards the end. And at the, like the, all of the middle section is just averaging and like putting your scale into, into place. What you do when you use a standard deviation inspired ranking is you actually, you actually still need to, to make those adjustments, but you start with zero. So like the first idea is zero. And then like you go against that first idea and then you can, you refine the last ID based on like, based on the next. ID. Isn't that so, the exact same thing translated by seven? So it is, obviously it is, but, but the, your brain but, thinks about it differently. Exactly. Because wow. you, your brain when, well, I'm like, I do statistics every day. So I have that standard deviation ID in my mind every day. So when I see zero, I know that that's the average. And like you, and the thing is also, it's not really the same thing translated to sev by seven because zero is always the average. So like you're pushing the average at zero, which doesn't exist when you are like, when you begin at a random place, because, because your first analysis is seven. So then the average is like, you take the first grade and the second grade. So if you put a seven and a five, your average in your mind is six, it's not zero or it's not seven. So you can push your thing to say like, okay, my average is my first grade, but it's not true. Okay. But what, what if, uh, your first sample is like super great and you rated yeah. zero, everything will be minus stuff. 
So the thing is, like, you, you need to not be stupid about it as well. Well, that's a so, lot of assumptions here. So, no, but, like, no. And that's, yeah, <laughs> obviously, it's a lot of assumptions. But you can take, if your first ID seems super great, obviously, you don't put at zero because you know that it's better than the average. You have an idea of your, you have an idea of what you're going to grade. So, essentially, the rating comes down to average, a little bit better than average. A lot better than average or like it's not it's, you... it's not really like a bit better or not a bit better like one standard deviation is kind of a lot already i would say like in a normal like distribution but but the thing is like it's the first significant difference meaning between us if you have a 10 point scale maybe you don't need that much number maybe zero is completely useless when you use a zero zero with like standard deviation no score is useless every score that you use is actually significant as as a significant meaning when you use a, a scale that is already defined at the beginning then all like then maybe like half of your scale is completely useless and like when you but like when you use a predefined scale you can obviously add digit but usually what end up happening is you have too much digit so then the the baddest ID or like the least interesting ID get a four, but you didn't use those like points. So you can say it's completely useless to like, it's like the difference is a bit like the difference is not that important, meaning like you end up with kind of the same results. But the difference is by doing that, your brain is, an, is in another mindset, meaning you're yeah. not, you're not scaling on an average at move you're scaling on an average at i mean you're forcing yourself to do a, a normalization on the fly essentially exactly take your distribution exactly. center it on zero and set the 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 standard deviation to minus one and plus one yeah that's exactly standardizing so it uh, uh, it solves one of the subset. big problems of ratings that is uh, a lot of people have uh, an internal bias like I've, I've read stuff about Amazon ratings or restaurant ratings and a lot of people just like for them four means perfect and five is like godly and for other people four is already starting to be disastrous so they put mainly five and so I think Amazon tries to correlate that the the the, the standard way to get rid of that is to remove from each rating the average rating of the user and so yeah. you get the deviation, but still there is also people who are rather conservative to their average and some people who are less conservative and it's a, it's a hell. So jump like this scale addresses that issue, but it does require an effort when you grade. Yes, but when you grade, it means to be useful. Like you don't grade for fun, you grade for a purpose. But in, in, la in, the, in the wild, that's not really what happens, right? People don't do efforts when they grade. <laughs> So that's one point I wanted like to talk about is obviously we all went not obviously but like we kind of all went to high school. All of our teachers grade us on different scale. So in France it's a twenty point scale. In the US in the US it's a letter based grade, but basically it's a like ten point scale. In uh, Japan it's one hundred percent. In Japan it's one hundred percent. 
And all that scale are a bit different. In France, you have 20, but all the scale is never used. Meaning like you never go, well, you can, you can have 20, but it's really, 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 really rare. It depends a lot of where you are in your education. Like the 20 scale of high school is not the same as the 20 scale of like university and prepa and primary school. I, don't, I have better grades in university than in high school. Well, you didn't go to prepa. <laughs> when, when you're really, when you have a very little child, the bottom of the spectrum is never used because they don't want to hurt your feeling. And when you're a big grown up in prepa, the top of the scale is never used because they want to, I don't know, motivate you. But the thing, yeah. So what I wanted to say is, is that actually purposeful? Like, are they doing that exactly for what you say, like to motivate you or not to motivate you? Or are they just stupid and like use a scale that is completely useless? I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> think they are using what was there before and nobody really asked themselves like well oh, why are we using that okay but uh most teachers do normalize their scores at some point so they have to wonder the impact of uh the notes on the students i, I heard a lot of my teacher being very vocal about that and sometimes oh, they would even give us like the two versions before and after normalization <laughs> That's a bit funny. And, and of, like, all the time when we had like tests and we all yeah. fucked up or something like that, we were like, oh, don't worry, there's normalization after that. So, so you're surprised to learn that it was a well-known fact in my schools that notes yeah. were normalized. I wonder if it has any impact on the psychology of a student. Well, it does, though. I don't know, because you know, I mean, for you, you expected the average to be eight for your teacher and I expected the average to be 12 for my teacher and like my math teacher like sometimes it was six sometimes it was five sometimes it was 12 sometimes it was 10 and you didn't know what the average would be like <laughs> kind of like a loot box effect it was just oh you you like you've been worse as a group than the previous time so you have like a five average but it was not You know what I mean? And at the end of the, at the, end of the year, it was actually eight, like okay. eight on 20 average. But that doesn't really reflect on your experience as one person. That impacts the experience of the group, right? It means the note of the group evolves. When you're, on a, well, when you're in high school, you don't really care. Like, you just want to have better grades than like 10 or like 12. You don't really care about the other. Okay, so you're saying that you are comparing yourself to the idealization of exactly. the scale compared to the actual scale. Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, but what does 10 mean in your actual, is it like in your ideal scale? Isn't 10 supposed to be like the middle? <laughs> And then our teacher would actually make that happen. The thing with the 20 point scale is 10 is supposed to be the smallest amount that you should have to actually succeed. And your teachers were saying, your teachers were saying you, you can't succeed. And my teacher was saying me, I can succeed by, yeah, maybe. by normalizing. So yeah, that's a good segue into what I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> I'd like to give a warm shout out to our sponsor, Anything. In the face of limitless possibilities, choosing can be overwhelming. Just pick Anything, or partner. As a casual writer, I'm very familiar with the oppression of a white page. But after giving Anything a try, I was able to write a fake ad for my podcast. It really works. <laughs> 
the rating system that influences my life a lot, uh, the, the one that I, I breathe and live by, is the rating system for anime. And okay. so in anime, there is a de facto uh, implied standard rating system, which is the My Animalist uh, system, which is a 10-point scale. Uh, but interestingly enough, they try to come up with to help with the normalization by uh, by giving meanings to the different numbers. What? So ten is masterpiece, one is appalling, and then the the interesting question is what do you put in the middle? So five is average, six is fine, seven is good, eight is very good, nine is great. So that's the way. But what's below four? What's below f five? So five, you have average. Four is bad. Three is very bad. Two is horrible, and one is appalling. One might wonder why would you watch an anime if you find it appalling, but that's like, so that's biasing the rating in another way. But so that's a suggestion of uh, yeah. But then you project your own personal bias. For instance, for me, a seven is like good solid anime. Eight is like excellent. Nine is I can't speak about it without screaming. And 10 is perfection and I cry thinking about it. And everything below seven, I rank in order of pain. <laughs> Six is you can watch it and have like boredom, but not pain. And then like it goes worst and worst. And uh, I wish there, were, there was like negative numbers for some anime. So clearly, clearly your rating system and you're, you're using you're using the scale completely differently as it was supposed to be used? I'm not sure, because I'm. if you tell me, like, uh, as a spectator, I find something that's average painful, I would be fine yeah. with that. I think I'm a bit... Uh, I have a high standards, especially for anime. The thing is, when you compare your scoring of anime with the user base, is it quite the same or like not at all? Well, it's never, it's not the same because I have weird taste. <laughs> but, but I think everyone uses it in like approximately the same way. Being, uh, yeah, six, six and se uh, seven is, well, seven is a good anime. I think the average good anime is seven for everyone. And it's clear for everyone that seven is the average good anime, <laughs> not the average, average anime. But then, does anyone use less than five? Well, like, they complain one... about what they watch, I guess. <laughs> no, but what I mean is, do you actually need the differentiation between the one no. and the three? And I, I have like not seen a lot of people using the bottom of the scale, uh, empirically speaking, from a very biased sample. That's what I was saying before. Is like the scale is useless. All the scale is useless. So there's even worse than that. So I have a, a friend, I told you about this friend who wrote a, a nice paper about Godel and Madoka Magica. He writes like philosophy and mostly math driven stuff on his blog. And one time he made an article about this rating system saying like, oh, it's horrible. And I, pref I much prefer to use this other website that offers me a 100 points grading system. Oh and his God. whole argument was about like, what if I have two seven anime and I like one better than the other? I need the expressivity for it. And I was really upset against him because like clearly this is not only making the signal muddier, but also like 
uh, impeding your judgment because that's clearly uh, too much choice, like a choice paradox. And then, like, and, and then, and then, even, like, you can only compare three or four of them, meaning, like, you can just say, oh, this anime is a bit better, I wanted to put a seven, and I can't, I can't so I want to put an eight, but I, I, I use an eight for another, like, better anime. So, then you want to move into a 10-point scale, a 100-point scale. But the thing is, then, you can't, comp like, if you have 5,000 anime, you just can't compare that precisely, anything. Yeah, so his whole argument was based on uh, pair comparisons yeah. and okay, uh, that makes sense, yeah, transitivity. And there was a little bit of cognitive science that was cute. But I'm like, that's not how human brain works. <laughs> and I am yeah. completely unable to put anime on a 100 point scale. But, if, you know, but like 100 point scale are useless. There's not one thing in the world that I, that is subjective to human being that can be put in a one hundred point scale. Bec like there's multiple reasons. First, you can only have seven things in mind, like basically seven things in mind. Oh yeah. At the same times. Uh, in uh, when I was buying my mattress, the guy said like, "Oh, there's no need to try them all. Like you, your brain can't comprehend more than three different mattresses." <laughs> yeah, that's possible. I don't know for for numbers and for words it's seven for visual spatial memory it's a bit less like it's six five and for mattress it's three for mattress apparently it's three but like that's possible because it's a way other signal to actually process uh, so I don't think you can ever use that much and like you can obviously do pair to pair comparison based on what's like next to it you can do that but why would you want to though. I think what he was shooting for is a different kind of scale, uh, which reminds me of like this cute game that they do in an anime convention I go to. It's like they take three movies and they order it from better uh, to worst, and every week they add some movies and try to make this ordered list from better to worst. So I think he was more aiming for this kind of like ranking. But then it's not, a, yeah, then it's ranking, it's not rating. Okay, so what's the difference? Like ranking is putting like then obviously you need more but like it's not it's not a weight it's it's an order you need to order stuff so if you have 100 things to order then you want 100 like, so why points. shouldn't we rank our ideas instead of rating them because it's fucking useless because you can't actually use that for, like that that ranking you can use that ranking like the human brain can't use that ranking, meaning if you see a list of 100 films and you say like it's a 100 top film in the world, then you would just, and like it's, it's ranked by best to worst, you would take the first 10 and see what, what you like. You wouldn't take the yeah, first one. I guess one it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a log scale. You have like the first one that is a kind of special, then you have yeah, the first exactly. 10 that are good. Then you have the yeah. first 100 that are here. So the human brain kind of like projects that precise ranking onto coarse grain categories and end up with a rating anyway. I guess so. So something that's not quite a rating nor quite a ranking that's a bit in between is the ELO ranking or rating. I don't know which is it that they use in chess or in sports. It's rating. Rating, so it's a rating. Yeah. So it's meant to put people in, in, in boxes. Yeah. Okay, so why do you need like thousands of boxes? Because it's a ranking. 
True. So, so there's two things. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the chess system. I'm way more familiar with the ghost system. So I think we're going to talk more about the ghost system than the chess system. Is there But, huge differences? Because else we can just like talk about the ghost system. So some, some websites use a hello system uh, for Go because they don't feel that Go has enough numbers. So basically the Go system is you begin at 30, at 30 queue. Then you go from 30 to, to 1. And when you go to one queue, then you become a Dan player. And the Dan player system goes from one Dan to seven Dan. So you have Amateur. another scale. It's completely another scale. And from one Dan and from seven Dan, then you can become a pro. And pro go from one Dan to nine Dan. Okay, so you have like three different scales. You have three different scales, but the beauty of the beauty of that scale and why I love this scale is that it's meant for it to be one point difference, even Q or in Dan or in Pro Dan, is one more stone in the game that you can have. Meaning, meaning so you the, have one stone ranking, difference. Oh, the points co correlate directly with the in-game handicaps. Exactly. That's cute. So I it's don't think elo points in chess correspond to anything. Clearly not. But yeah, what, what I like is like it's a rating that is linked to a real thing that happens. And what I don't like about the ELO system, it's not at all. That makes sense. So a good system would ground the unit difference into something real and quantifiable. Yeah, exactly. So it would be, I think it would, like when you go to, to the Wikipedia page of the ELO rating system, You can basically say, see that they um, they transfer those hello points, so from zero to two four thousand, to ten different classes. So class G E like G I A G F E D blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how that works, but I would think that a class A person would win 80% of the time versus a class B person. And that makes sense then. But I'm not sure that inside the class A there's that much difference. Whereas in Go, inside one of the ladders, uh, you think the difference of one point is meaningful. If there's a one point difference, then you have a one stone advantage. On average, though. No, because if you win, then like you're. If you win against a 7Q, then you're a 7Q. Okay, how do we tie that back to ratings and conclude? Maybe you can just like conclude the, the initial uh, question. So, which was which was what uh, what uh, system should we use for our ideas? And so okay. the minus one, uh, the the standard deviation system is the best because each number has a clear different meaning, and you use everything, and it's already normalized, and that's why it's the best. <laughs> That's a solved issue, but still, I have like a uh, to-do list that is prioritized on a 10-point scale system. Good, you can change that now. I'm not sure, I don't want negative priorities. So you can put a five, point, like you can start at five yeah. or at 10, like whatever. For priorities, it feels a bit different. Uh, maybe it's because I'm uh, of my work, like a priority zero is something uh, like super burning, super urgent. Priority one is something important. Priority two is like 
normal priority. Priority three is you're never going to get to it. And priority four is what we tell the other teams when we don't want to do their work. So it's exactly, it's exactly the same system. But instead of like putting the negative and minus, you put the positive at plus. But you don't change the rank system. It just changes the quality of like... You don't really put. have an idea of the average or the deviation. You just know which category, like you have very clear semantics for each category. Mm. So can we say that if you have really like what we're trying to say maybe since the beginning is if you have a really good semantic idea of what each grade is, then it's a good grading system. And else you approximate that with the average and the deviation. Yeah, I think we okay. solved the issue. Solved everything. I yeah. hope every I hope every episode goes as smoothly. So if you want to solve if you want us to solve your weird and abstract problems or very concrete problems in the same way we brilliantly handled this ratings problem, you can leave a message on the subreddit r slash not daily podcast or find us on Twitter <laughs> or whatever. If you found our argument completely stupid, you can also say that into the subreddit. We don't have a Twitter yet though. Well, I created a Twitter and just didn't post on it. We do have a Twitter, so. <laughs> but I think Twitter is dead, no? Oh, really? That would make me so happy. We'll see soon. I don't know. We can talk about that. There's, an, there's an episode topic on Twitter ranked like one standard deviation. Yep. Okay, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you not tomorrow. See you not tomorrow. Bye.